The word from the Lord today comes from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16, verses 20 through 26. Acts 16, verses 20 through 26. Would you please stand for the reading of God's holy word? And if you can't stand, just say amen. And it reads, And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And then suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosened. You may be seated. My theme for the day is, God will make a way. God will make a way. I need your prayers. My brothers and sisters, as we study our Bibles, we learn that the last commandment that Jesus gave his disciples was the Great Commission, as recorded at Matthew 28 and 19, where Jesus instructed his disciples to go and evangelize all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he also told them to tarry, to wait at Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, because it is the work of the Holy Spirit that convicts and converts our hearts. In other words, we don't have the power to save anybody, but we can share the good news in telling others about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And our goal is not to impress people with how much we know about the Bible, how many verses we can quote, or how holy we think we are. But rather, our goal is to do the work of evangelizing and leading lost souls to Christ. But what you must understand is that evangelism is more than a calling. It's also a lifestyle, a lifestyle of commitment. And somebody said commitment. Commitment to God's word. Commitment to prayer, commitment to the church, commitment to service, and commitment to be filled with the Spirit of God in our daily walk with the Lord. And God has placed each of us in the exact place where he wants us to be at this time in 
the journey. And you may wish to be someplace else right now, but the fact of the matter is that you are exactly where God wants you to be. For the Bible says that Proverbs 16 and 9, that the heart of man plans its way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And what that means is that God is calling each of us to reach out to those around us with the gospel truth. Because evangelism without the truth is like a book without words. And yet, so much of what passes for evangelism today has been reduced to prosperity gospel, whereby evangelism becomes a story about health, wealth, and well-being, rather than about sin, suffering, and redemption. But what people need to hear is less about money and material possessions and more about our Lord and Savior, how he left his throne in glory and took on human flesh so that he could feel our sorrows, know our pain, and then pay the penalty for our sin by the shedding of his blood. But the good news is that death had no power over him because early on the third day, early that Sunday morning, he arose from the dead so that we could once again be restored and become the children of God through faith in his word. And we should be fired up whenever we get an opportunity to witness to others about the goodness of Jesus and the transforming power of his word. And we see in the Old Testament that when the word came to the prophet Jeremiah, he just couldn't keep it to himself. And I can hear Jeremiah saying, it's like fire, fire shut up in my bones. And that brings us to our text today, where we find Paul and Silas preaching the word in the city of Philippi, a Gentile city in the Roman Empire. And their first convert was a wealthy businesswoman named Lydia. And there was nothing unusual or spectacular about her conversion. But when a young slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination was converted, Paul and Silas were immediately thrown into prison because by the power of demonic spirits, this young girl was a fortune teller and made money for her masters. And the men who owned her perceived that the preaching of Paul and Silas was a threat to their ungodly business. And when the young girl was converted, these men accused Paul and Silas of propagating a religion that violated Roman law. And because they were preaching and healing in the name of Jesus, Paul and Silas were convicted as charged and thrown into the innermost part of the jail. And they were exactly where God wanted them to be because their only hope was that God would make a way. And the Bible said that they waited 
They waited until the midnight hour. And somebody said the midnight hour. They waited until the midnight hour to begin a prayer and praise service. And we know that midnight is the darkest moment of the night. And it was at midnight that Paul and Silas began to sing hymns and spiritual songs unto the Lord. And even though we don't know what was on the program for that midnight service, but what we do know is that while they were yet singing and praying, that God was at work in delivering them from their bondage of affliction. For the Bible says that suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken so much that the doors of the prison swung wide open and all the prisoners were suddenly liberated from their shackles. And I suggest my brothers and sisters that there are at least three important points that we can extract from today's text. First of all, we learn that the midnight uh, prayer and praise service was a testament uh, to their faith in the power of God. For verse 25 says that all the prisoners heard them praying and giving praises unto God. For Paul and Silas knew that they were on a mission on an assignment for the Lord, and that God would provide and protect them and deliver them in their time of trouble. And whenever God opens some doors for us, or deliver us out of a difficult situation, and we have all at one time or another been faced with a bad situation, but when God delivers us, We ought to be willing to share the testimony with others. However, we have a tendency of being somewhat private people where we don't want other folk to know too much about our business. And so sometimes when we're going through a crisis situation, we keep our problems to ourselves. And when God brings us through, We don't share our testimonies. But in the text today, we see that the miracle experienced by Paul and Silas was not a private matter. Because everybody in the jailhouse could feel the jailhouse rocking and knew that something supernatural had happened. And what Paul is saying to us today is that whenever we are healed, are delivered from a bad situation, we should not hesitate in telling others about the goodness of Jesus and the power of God to heal and deliver us from whatever the situation or circumstance may be. And we have all been called to bear witness to the presence and power of God in our lives and not keep the joy of our blessings to ourselves. And a good example of a public testimony is found in the story of the prodigal son. And as you know, the prodigal was a wayward son. 
Anybody know anything about wayward sons? The prodigal was a wayward son who left his father's house and journeyed to a far country and wasted all of his money having a good time drinking and partying with the prostitutes. And when all the money was gone and he had no friends and no place to stay except in the pig pen, and when he found himself eating with the swine, the Bible said that he came to his senses and made his way back to his father's house. And his father threw a party and made public that his son, who was lost, is now found and has made his way back home. And so, don't give up on that wayward son or daughter but keep on praying. Keep on asking God to touch their hearts and open their eyes. Because God, God is still in the business of bringing rebellious and wayward children back into proper relationships. Do I have a witness here? And not only that, but God also has the power to put broken marriages back together again and make pastors and preachers out of ex-drug addicts and prostitutes. And every act of healing, every act of deliverance is worthy of a testimony. Now my second point on today's text is that God would deliver us so that we may be a blessing to others. And we see in verse 27 that when the Philippian jailer drew out his sword to kill himself, that Paul saw an opportunity to help the man and said unto him, Do thyself no harm, for we are all still here. For Paul knew that if any of the prisoners had escaped, that the jailer would have been condemned to death by the Roman Empire. And so Paul's intervention not only saved the man's life, but also led him to faith in Christ Jesus. Paul and Silas had been appointed and anointed by God to preach the gospel message to the Gentiles. And there were many in the city of Philippi who heard the word and were baptized into the family of God. And every child of God, somebody say every child of God. Every child of God, every baptized believer has been anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to bear witness of Christ and be a blessing in leading some lost souls to the hope and joy of eternal life in the Spirit of God. And the more we understand our position as ambassadors of Christ, the more commitment we will have to be like Paul and Silas in using our time and talent in the service of the Lord. And when we learn to pray more fervently in obedience to the Lord, our light will shine 
And we will be a blessing to our families and others around us. Not only by the sharing of the word, but also by living a lifestyle that shows evidence of what it means to be saved and sanctified in the Lord. Empowered by the Holy Spirit to do good works to the glory of God. And we don't have to wait until God brings us through a storm to give him the praise, to give him the glory. But every day, every day on this side of glory should be a day of thanksgiving because every blessing and everything good that happened to us in this life comes from the Lord. And we can be a blessing to others only because God has been a blessing to us. And now my third and final point on today's text is that God will bring us through some stuff so that we may come to know him better. Just as he did with Paul and Silas, who discovered that God has a way. And somebody said, God has a way. God has a way of turning our trials and troubles into a testimony and our prayer requests into a praise report. Paul and Silas had been chosen to be missionaries to the Gentiles. And nothing that the devil did could defeat the purpose of their calling. But Paul had to go through some stuff before he became a minister of the gospel. For the Bible says that before his conversion, that Paul was the chief persecutor of the church because he did not believe in his heart that Jesus was the eternal son of God and that he had arisen from the grave. But on the road to Damascus to persecute the church, Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus. For the Bible says that Paul was not only blinded by light from heaven, but also heard the voice of the resurrected Lord, which changed everything that Paul thought he knew about Jesus. And after God had restored his sight, Paul went from being the chief persecutor of the church to the greatest evangelist that ever proclaimed the word. Because God gave Paul everything he needed to do the work that he had called him to do. And he is doing the same thing for his church today. And he will always give his people the anointing and the power to do the work that he has commissioned us to do. But don't fool yourself. And don't go around boasting about how holy you are. Because like the Apostle Paul, you ain't always been saved and sanctified. But no matter how messed up we used to be, how much weed or how much dope we used to smoke, or how much alcohol we used to drink, or how much flirting around we did, and I know that I'm not the only one. 
Because we all done some things that we ain't told nobody about. When we couldn't wait until the weekend to get dressed up for the house party and the nightclubs. And some of us, some of us will get tore up from the floor. But no matter how bad we used to be, God still loves us. And he has the power to clean us up and then use us for the building of his kingdom. And I thank God that I don't look like what I used to be. But God had to take me through some stuff in order to get me to the place where he wanted me to be. And what Paul is saying to the church today is that if we learn to trust in the Lord, and somebody said trust in the Lord, if we learn to trust in the Lord and the power of his word, then the trials and temptation of the devil and his demons will have no power at all against us. And that is exactly how Paul and Silas must have felt when locked up in that Philippian jail, knowing that all human hope was gone. But we know, and somebody said we know, we know that with God all things are possible. Do I have a witness here? And it was during that midnight prayer service that Paul and Silas called on the name of Jesus with the faith and the confidence of knowing that God would make a way and they would finish the work that God had called them to do. And while Paul and Silas were preaching to the Gentiles, Peter and John were preaching the same message to the people of Jerusalem, God's chosen people to whom the law of Moses and the covenant promises were given. And the Jews were looking forward to the coming of their Messiah. But when Jesus came unto his own people, they refused to listen to the truth of his word and rejected the very one who came to save and redeem their souls. Because they were not expecting a Messiah in the form of a suffering servant who hung around with sick, rejected, poor, and distressed people. But what they failed to realize was that Jesus was more concerned about the welfare of others than he was about himself. And when the religious leaders called Jesus a friend of prostitutes and sinners, they meant it as an insult to shame him. But Jesus embraced the title and reminded them that he came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Jesus called them hypocrites because they looked good on the outside in observing all the rituals and traditions of the Jews, but on the inside, and somebody said on the inside, 
on the inside. They were filled with self-righteous pride, thinking more highly of themselves than they should have. And whether you know it or not, we got some hypocrites in the church today, some self-righteous people who know everything about everything and are quick to point out the faults of other folks but cannot come to grip with their own faults and will cause all kinds of conflict and division in the church. But we can rejoice in knowing that as we draw near to Jesus with confession and repentance, that he will draw near to us with mercy and forgiveness. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I need a little bit of mercy. I need some forgiveness. And I thank God that he ain't through with me yet. And the more we understand our position in Christ as children and citizens of his kingdom, the more inclined we will be to be like Paul and Silas in proclaiming the gospel message. And so the question here today, my brothers and sisters, is are you ready? And are you willing to be like Paul and Silas and to act upon the evangelistic opportunities that God brings your way? And your opportunity may be a gospel conversation with a co-worker or some other lost soul. Or it may be a word about God saving grace to an unchurched family member. And for those of us who know Christ as Lord and Savior, we should want others to know him as well. And that's why it is good. And somebody say it is good. It is good to have pastors and preachers like Paul and Silas, Peter and John, who are not in the ministry for the money or the fame, but have truly been called by the Spirit of God to preach and teach his word. And like Paul and Silas, we can't control the bad things that sometimes come our way. But we can control how we respond. Because even in our darkest moments, even in the midst of our pain and suffering, we know that God is still in control. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he will make everything all right. And do I have a witness here? And I heard the songwriter say, his line is never busy. And you can call him in the morning. You can call him in the evening. And you can call him in your midnight hour. And just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. And do I have a witness here? And when dark clouds come your way, and the devil tries to break you down, all you gotta do is call on his name, trust in his word, 
and his grace will give you strength to make it through. Uh, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Say yeah!